Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. And I'm not Joe. But he's here. And I'm glad he's here. My buddy Clark joining us today. Oh. And uh, why are you covering up your feet? It's a, a new strategy. Oh, okay. Does it improve the taste of the cigar? No. Okay, just checking. Well, um, Joe and I may do a special edition this weekend at the church campout, but his week was pretty full, so I asked Clark to join me, and um, in our hands we have, um, not burning for very long, we usually, Joe and I will usually run them about 10 minutes before we start the podcast, but we got right into it today, Mm -hmm. just lit up. It is the Rocky Patel edition Unico, which when I bought it, I didn't realize it was like a limited edition. Like there aren't very many of these made. So it was kind of cool that I got five of them. And uh, we each have one in our hand today. It is a Toro, which I I don't think there are very many sizes because it's a limited edition. Uh, It's 6 by 52 ring gauge. And they ran about $7.10 a piece, just so you know. And um, we'll tell you what you're supposed to taste at the end of the podcast. But for now... This is the information on the Rocky Patel Edition Unico. Um, Unica. Unico. Edición Unico. I think I'm supposed to pronounce it with a Spanish accent. U-N-I-C-A. I got Unica. Unica. Did I spell it, put it wrong in my information? I did. It's In my notes, it's wrong. It is. It's Edición Unica. So, anyway. But anyway, it took the top honors at the Honduran Cigar Festival in 2011. It is a Honduran Puro, which I'm not sure I've ever smoked before, so I'm interested in it because of that. It features a Honduran... Hamastran wrapper um, over the top of a hearty blend of long fillers from uh, Hamastran and Talanga Valley, and uh, those long fillers uh, are Lijero. So I'm guessing this will be a fairly strong cigar if it's got a lot of Lijero in it, but we'll see how it goes. So, um, Clark, we haven't had it lit long, but if you wanted to Tell our three and a half listeners what you're tasting. What would you tell them? I'm definitely picking up that Talanga Valley uh, flavor, but uh, no, I uh, it definitely get a little. It's not um, punching you in the face, but it's definitely got some some robust flavors in there. It uh... off the off the bat, it's more savory than than sweet. Mm-hmm. It's you can tell it's starting. It's got um some uh, spice in the back of my throat, not on my tongue. Right. Not, not a lot of upfront flavor, but it's just uh, almost a little bit of a chocolate baker's, you said, what was the term you used? Spice. I don't know if baking I'm going to... Baking chocolate. I don't know if I'm going to give it chocolate. If you take a big yeah, mouthful of uh, baking or chocolate powder and then cough on it, and then you get that flavor kind of okay. toward the back there. <laughs> like you, oh, I was too much cocoa powder in my mouth at one time. Okay. You, you sneeze That's... through your nose. You get a little bit of that. Well, I might... I haven't smoked enough of this cigar to disagree or agree yet, so we'll just toe the middle line up here. Front. So maybe we'll get more in a little bit here. Light retrohale produces a, t- a tinge more stinging in the back mm-hmm. of my throat where that spice is. Ditto. It was really light. I don't. I mean, my, my retrohale was light. I don't know if the, the the burn will be stronger if I blow more, but mm. this is on the initial. You usually get that a little bit more toward the end, but yeah, it's pretty savory, and I'm just going to stick with that now. I'm not sure I can identify the taste yet. There's a, I would, I would guess there's a, a light, almost meatiness to it, but I don't want to commit myself because we're too early on. Yeah, I, I can get that too. So, um, I'm like 
like a little bit of a, not a strong Italian meatball, but a medium Italian meatball, maybe a little oh, bit there. Okay. It's not a spicy meatball, it's just kind of a medium meatball. Alright. Well, so, a lot's been going on in the world besides cigars. Yeah. So, um, although cigars are important. Uh, yep. Anything you've heard about? You want me to just go? Yeah, so yeah, uh, baseball is still America's game, but basketball is not anymore. Really? Yeah. Tell me, tell me more. The Toronto Raptors have won the NBA title, so... Is, which is that a big deal for America? Like an American? No, I don't think so. I'm I was rooting for him because yeah. uh, you know Golden State Warriors didn't win it, need to win another title. That's me. I'm, I don't follow basketball a lot until kind of toward the finals and the semifinals and whatnot. So I learn I relearn all the new, uh, players and who they are here in the last two months, I suppose. So that's basketball. So what was it? Uh, four and two, four to two. Toronto Raptors took it, but it was good. Yeah, it was good, and I like. My favorite thing, sports, whatever it is, baseball, basketball, is a good close game, and and that's what we got for a lot of it. So that was, I like that kind of thing. So it's always fun when it's that way. When I was watching martial arts a lot, and people would dominate and win quickly, it wasn't near as fun no. as when it was a well matched, no. you yep, know, battle. Exactly. It's it's more fun. I like, than, it, I like something that comes down to the wire, a last second shot, or the last inning, or whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, I mean, if Michael Jordan is playing basketball against a five year old. What fun is it to watch when he wins? Mm. <laughs> if I, when, when the five-year-old wins? I no, no. <laughs> no, no, when Michael Jordan wins. Oh, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, that's interesting. I didn't know that because I'm not a, really a sports and type Nor am I. I don't, I don't really care too much about sports at all anymore. But, again, I like a good game, so I'll watch, watch some close games. Or like when the Iowa and Iowa State play, I'll watch that game. And, again, I always root for a close game. I don't really care who wins so much. If I had cable... I might watch hockey a little mm. bit, but I don't think. Oh I, yeah, St. Louis Blues won that. Yeah, cool. yeah. I knew there was a big one that just happened. Was it Stanley Cup or something else? Mm-hmm. Stanley. Yeah. yeah. His yep. cup. So. Stanley's cup. I, that somebody should somebody should invent like a a jock strap protector that called this called the Stanley Cup. Well, I think it is a cup from Stanley, isn't it? Isn't that what they use? I don't know if it. And they just maybe. covered it in silver. Maybe. <laughs> it was a big cup. Maybe though, that's. So. <laughs> Anyway, hmm. so, anyway, so that, um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I, I, I probably know half of what's going on in the world, so not too much. What other things? I have opinions on everything, though, so ask away. Okay. Well, it's been it's been interesting to see some demonetizing and deplatforming of people for various reasons on various, you know, platforms, etc. Demonetizing? Um, yeah, it, it's been. A little older news that I believe Steven Crowder was demonetized, and uh, he's kind of a late-night, non-TV comedian guy, um, unapologetically conservative. Oh. Mm. And he would YouTube demonetized him. And um, Oh, you mean he doesn't get any revenue from YouTube? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He can't. He can't generate income now with his videos. Oh, because... Well... That's the that's the part that's kind of up for question because, um, it it appears as though he didn't violate. They haven't pointed to any policy that he violated, but a particular individual at a media, um, a media outlet, not a major one. Like I think might have been Vox, and I knew the guy's name, but I forgot it. 
started complaining to YouTube saying this guy is horrible, he's bad, he's this, he's that. Mm -hmm. you, typical stuff. You're, Everybody has detractors. I'm yeah, sure. and um, so he complained so much and he got other people to complain enough that they demonetized Crowder for mm. apparently no policy violation, which is interesting. And they're a private company. They can do what they want. But it's still interesting nonetheless. I mean, if they start doing that to people for no reason, that probably won't be good press for them, I would imagine. I wouldn't think so. There was another another deal, and I, I'm not going to have all these details correct. It, this one I listened to really fast, and it went by me, and I didn't have a chance to really dig into the details. But I believe it was um, it's that what I call the girl website, and that's not fair because it's not really a girl website. Uh, uh, Pinterest, I had to think what it was. It looks like Pinterest. Yeah, probably more of a girl website. I think you're right. Oh, okay. Um, but Pinterest, anyway, had a, had an employee that I think still works for them that was willing to kind of do an expose and lose, I believe it was a him, but I don't know for sure, willing to lose their job to expose some things the company was doing that was not mm. kosher, not cool. And basically, and when I heard the interview, this person's voice was, you know, sounded weird how they do that when they're protecting the person so that you can't tell who it is. Mm -hmm. But he came out on uh, an investigative reporter's website. I forgot the dude's name, but it's like Project Veritas. He's a really interesting guy that does expose stuff. Mm -hmm. But this employee basically said that Pinterest goes in and intentionally, uh, they, they have automatic flags, like if something happens, there's algorithms and stuff that can actually f label something or right. flag it. Right. But certain they, words, certain pictures, something right. like that. But they actually have, pe they pay staff to go in and on purpose flag things that they don't like. So um, I believe it was Lila Rose, who is an anti-abortion person, they labeled her as... Or pro-life person. Or pro-life, yeah. yes, however you choose to look at it. <laughs> they, uh, they, um, yeah, they labeled her as pornography. And so that her information wouldn't pop up when people was searching for her. Oh, okay. And uh, the interesting thing that happened there was, as soon as this gentleman, this, uh, I, I, I'm giving a lot of details, which I usually don't give on the show, but I want to give as much detail as I can on this one that I can remember. This James O'Keefe is his name, I remembered, the, the Project Veritas guy. When As soon as his video went up reporting that they were doing this, they went in and removed the pornography label. And mm -hmm. then Twitter and someone else allegedly got the information to um, basically make it so Mr. O'Keefe's video wouldn't show anymore. And as soon as his video was taken down, then they went back in and relabeled this pro-life person's website as pornography. And O'Keefe tracked all this because he was he was on online with his mm -hmm. people tracking it to see what happened, and so he has like a timeline and everything, and says here's what happened when it happened, mm -hmm. and um, he says the interesting thing is that he doesn't even consider himself a, an opinion, you know he's not a pundit. He said I don't give opinions, I just report what's happening, mm -hmm. and here's what happened. <laughs> draw your own conclusions. Yeah, right? draw your own conclusions. And so it looked like a lot of the big companies were colluding to knock off his video and to label this pro-life person as pornography, so mm -hmm. they wouldn't get, you know, so they couldn't wouldn't uh, get hits. Yeah, and traffic. Yes, basically. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. No, I I don't um, 
it doesn't surprise me, I would say, some of those things. I mean, there's, and I think some of these bigger corporations or companies probably, if they have a particular political agenda, probably try to do things on the side so as not to gain attention for what they do, too, I would imagine. So, I mean, and often what happens is, you know, Project Veritas is interesting that you'd say that, but the truth eventually comes out often, you know, eventually, whether it's in your own life or in your business or whatever it is that that happens and people try to downplay the truth if it doesn't make them look good and try to promote the hype lie whatever it is if it does help their business or whatever it is that they're trying to do so so yeah i i'm not i don't i did i had actually i saw a friend of mine had posted something about this um pinterest and project veritas <coughs> mm-hmm. a while back and i didn't know what much about it but that was actually probably within the last two hours i saw that but ah well, it's it's that's fairly fresh. Sometimes when we do the podcast, fresh. it takes a like a Honduran cigar. You know, it might take me two days after hearing something before I talk about it on the podcast. Ooh. But that's why we don't really consider ourselves like we're not reporting news. We're up and coming, twenty four hour news. Well, we're not reporting news. We're actually talking about Doug our, and our, Joe, our values and and uh, and beliefs and opinions based on what's happening in the world. So, mm-hmm. No, um, certain worldview. Everybody's got a particular worldview. Yep. Granted. Hmm. Interesting. I learned something new on Doug's podcast. So, um, I don't want to talk about the cigar. I'm just going to throw out. I'm getting this this perfumey hint, and I'm wondering if it's coming from my mustache wax because there's just a hint of 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 like aroma and taste in my mustache wax. I'm getting a little more too. I would call it more of a cologne than a perfume, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay, so all right, if we're both getting it, then we'll talk about it when it comes to the cigar update. But it's an interesting, interesting flavor. So. It's kind of similar um, to as we started, but it's getting a little more pronounced, I would say, right? Maybe it's a hint of that initially. I don't know. I didn't notice it originally I'm or, or in the beginning, but mm-hmm. I do now. Maybe it's more subtle. Well, um, so is there, from a from a principle, from a value standpoint, is there, I mean, you kind of you kind of unpacked it a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, do you have more to say about censorship? And- oh, censorship, yeah. Um, I think it uh, has its place in certain things. I I was just thinking this the other day too. You know, I, I'm well. I would say that with uh, the proliferation of oh, probably I would say I would call it just uh, throw it in the category of things that aren't really good for anybody, regardless of political <coughs> persuasion. So, speaking of pornography, I don't think any anybody nobody really benefits from pornography, even the even the people who perpetuate it and profit off it. I'm doing all peas here, sort of, and um, <laughs> alliteration's good. Trying to, but. Um, you know, I think it, it, it'll earn us some money, but in in the long run, it's not good for anybody, either the people that are watching it, perpetuating it, profiting from it, or all those things. So <clears throat> that's my own personal opinion. But um, <clears throat> so that, so censorship in that, I think, is probably a good thing, or it, limiting it to people that are of age, at least, because of it, the problems it creates with young younger kids, too, I'd say. I mean, from people I've known that have dealt with that, and... Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything good really comes of it. Um, what well, I think should, should, there was just uh, what was it here in the last day or two? There was a three Mahaska County, in Mahaska County. I think men, young men now that were just um, um, were they convicted or charged with a sex crime with a maybe I fourteen it. or fifteen year old girl from Washington County. I totally missed it. No, I it was on uh, the Mahaska County website. I think so. No, I missed that. That's that's uh, it's horrible that it happened. I guess it's good that they were caught. 
Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't know how old they were at the time. They might have been, I think it was two to three years ago, so they might have been, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old or so too. But hmm. but even so, I mean, when you start getting into things, uh, I don't know, I'm going to call it rape or whatever it was, it was unconsensual sex, I think, so, and... Um, you know, and people can say different things. I'm not sure. I'm sure people can throw accusations around with that too, which some are likely valid, and some may be stretched a bit too. So it's, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything beneficial. I mean, now in their lives with that, and then the young girl's life, whoever it was that was involved too. So I, I don't know if she'd be of age yet. I don't think that would be the case. I think it was 14 or 15 at the time. So do you think there should be any limits? Um, we won't. Don't. Doesn't matter what level of government. But should there be any type of limits beyond adulthood, with with regard to oh censorship por- with pornography? Yeah, and um, who has access. Personally, I think so. Just because, again, nothing really good results from it. So that's that's my own. You know, you, you judge things by the fruit, right? What what good fruit has come from that? I don't really see a lot. That's just my own take on it. Well, I'm so does that does that mean you should uh, you know eliminate? I don't think you're ever going to eliminate it altogether. There'll always be people who want to engage in it, participate in it, whatever the case may be. But I think it should be at least regulated to a degree. You know, theft should be regulated, yeah. to, prosecuted to. Well, there are there even are, though we've all probably stolen something, whether it's stealing from our employer by not using our time appropriately, or directly stealing from other people, or. I'm my, trying my, to sneak something from Uncle Sam. My uh, my libertarian tendencies tend to get pushed up against mm. my Christian values in in this particular butting heads. in this particular realm. It's one of those where what I, is it? where I Please would elaborate. I would say today at this very moment I am pro- I probably think there is more value in allowing people the freedom to make bad material and allowing people the freedom to watch the bad material. Mm-hmm. I would say that there's more value in allowing that freedom than there is restricting it. However, I'm I'm conflicted. Even though even though I say that and I say that's kind of my libertarian tendency, I'm conflicted because I agree with you that nothing good come that that nothing good comes from the act of doing it right. or the act of watching it. Right. I'm on the line, but still probably convinced that there is something good that comes from the freedom in allowing people to do ro- to, to do wrong, in, in not restricting that them to, to do wrong in that area. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not sure I could argue it very effectively. <laughs> yeah, I, and you know, I don't know what uh, regulation, specific regulation, they should be because everybody's going to have a different opinion on that too, to a degree. And I think restricting it to those who are of age at least should be, or whatever the law is, should be. Um, Probably at a minimum, but that's that's my own opinion. Because you know, I mean, you can anybody can go online and view whatever garbage they want to. I mean, and you know, and I've probably seen stuff that I'd rather not see, and I'm sure other people have too, because it's well, garbage. Part of the reason I like the limits is because it, it makes it easier for me to protect my kids and really to protect myself. Right. Um, Oops. However, there there I probably I probably a little bit believe this idea of let the pagans be pagan. Um, but I, I just I'm pretty libertarian and let the pagans live pagan if right. they want. And they will, typically. Yeah, yeah. so 
I wish I could I wish I could draw a harder line here, but I'm not I'm not sure I can today. You're making me think. The wheels are turning in my brain. The nicotine isn't helping. Um, it isn't hindering either. Mm-hmm. But um, hmm. but that's yeah. A, that's I mean, yeah. I, I, the libertarian point. I mean, yeah. People can <clears throat> people make mistakes, and hopefully, whether you're Christian or not, or whoever you are, I think you would hopefully learn something from the mistakes you make and probably not try to repeat those whatever that may be right so you know whether yeah. that's um you know, you know if you're, you're you're drinking age too if you, you you i try to moderate how much i drink but occasionally i'll probably have more than i should and then i'll say that wasn't really benefiting me or anybody else by doing that you know so you kind of get to those points and, and hopefully you not repeat that but it, it does it does seem like there's there's some value in saying well our society is going to and, and, and I say this very carefully because I actually very much believe in parental rights I think you have the right to raise your child the way you see fit mm. even if that's wrong or against um, the law um, not. It, it would depend what the law was <laughs> um, barring abuse and I don't want to talk about the definition of abuse yet because mm-hmm. I have somewhere I'm going but I think the point is, I believe people have the freedom to raise their kids how they want. Now, as a society, when you start saying, wait a minute, there are a lot of parents that really aren't involved enough in their kid's life, and their kids are going to go buy alcohol, their kids are going to go buy porn, their kids mm-hmm. are going to go watch porn, their kids are going to go buy drugs, they're going to do all this stuff, I start becoming a little less libertarian, thinking, at some point, that's going to be bad for everybody. <laughs> right. The child and whoever they engage somewhat after that too. Yeah, right? and, and so I'm I'm definitely can be pulled towards my conservative and towards my Christian values in saying, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that all this libertarian freedom is, is really freedom for everybody. It might right. be freedom for the individual, but at some point it starts to impact us. Um, so... I mean, that, that, I don't know if we're on on schedule with what we're doing too, but I'll, I'll kind of do a segue to that too. I mean, that, that's kind of an issue now with a lot of people where uh, with uh, opioids and heroin, where kids get you know roped into that, and eventually that yeah. number could result in often three different things. One could ruin their life, either just as far as what they want to do for a job or career. Um, death is often mm-hmm. probably the big one that comes up with that too. Kids die, and it doesn't. It's no. Um, Socioeconomic status, status and color don't really seem to be involved with that. You know, it could be a rich kid, a poor kid, whoever it is, too. Well, and nobody wants of, their kids to wind up dying of an overdose. Well, right, but a lot of opioids are legal, are prescribed legally. Right, and that's and, how they yes, initially get hooked on it. Right, and that's, and that's exactly, that's why when we start talking about law, on some level I'm like, you know, I don't like the fact that the medical profession is so embedded in the legal system as well, because mm-hmm. I don't think it should be. So we just start we start getting all bogged down and wrapped up here. I do I do want to pause though because I forgot something, and I'm telling you so that oh. we can both know. Yes, we need to add five minutes to my alarm because I didn't right. to, to the timer because so we're actually late for a cigar update. So oh, we're going to do our twenty minute update. Twenty percent into it. Yeah. So. Um, here we are. This is the first. This is almost, almost, in my opinion, the most important because this is where we've had it lit long enough to really, to 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 commit to what we're tasting. And I'm still sticking to my. When I said savory, it does yep. tend to be pretty savory, and um, but it's it doesn't have that dirty Nicaraguan taste that I get dirty earth taste that I get from Nicaraguans, but I might agree with your chocolate. I think it's chocolatey. 
now, but it's kind of an earthy chocolatey. Right. And I, and I kind of designate... Uh, a little tree bark chocolate going on there. Maybe. I kind of split between... <laughs> Like baking spice and earthy. Mm-hmm. Th- now that's not always really clear in a cigar. Sometimes it's it's mixed a little, but this is more earthy and chocolate. Not, I'm not. Yeah, even... more heavier and earthy. Just a bit of chocolate, not a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with your tasting notes there too, for the most part. And you said a little perfumey before, but now it's gone back to a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a burn, a little bit more of a earthy, gravelly. Um, texture I would say maybe woody, it. maybe woody too. Woody, woody and earthy are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And um, distinguishing mm-hmm. between between bread and wood are, is sometimes one of those things that, well, like bread and baking spice, leans to my favorite cigars. Mm-hmm. And the earthy doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad cigar, but no. it's, that's not my preference. As far as his preponderance, but, yeah, I'd agree too. But this is smooth. Um, yeah, it's not real harsh, really. No. And as far as I'm not sure if I'm using the correct cigar term, but it's uh, you know it's, it's strong. It's uh, it's a uh, I'm called robust, I guess, somewhat cigar. I would say it's, but robust. it's not um, it's not like uh, insulting though either, really, so much. You know, right? And I want to talk about the appearance a little bit. It looked really oily, um, and it it's pretty oily in the mouth, um, mm-hmm. which is good. Joe and I um, we both like oilier cigars, and so it's there's a slickness on my lips. The, the wrapper leaf is shiny and pretty, um, good good construction, uh, good burn. Yours was just a tad wonky at the beginning, but yeah. it's straightening out a little. Yep. So yeah, yours a little is, bit of it. Yours is good. A little wave going there. Um, is do you think your your little miscut on the on the when you cut the tip? Do you think that's going to affect it much? Not really. I'm getting the fine draw. It's all right. Okay, good. And it draw. I think the draw is good. Yeah, it's been pretty consistent. I, I, I would call good. it a, a good average, an average draw, um, and um, yeah. So that's. I think that's where I'm going to say. You got any, anything else to add? I think. We're, uh, we're no, good. it's not like super complex. It's pretty somewhat uniform. So it's not. But it has changed a little bit over time. Just still a little spice in the back of mm-hmm. my throat. That's keeping it interesting. Yep. Mm, and this isn't wowing me because it's not a. It's not a banana bread, baking spice, you know, oily, uh, milky cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is, and it, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad. I'm, this I think I'm enjoying this more than I did the first one I had. The first one I I just wasn't paying attention to mm-hmm. enough. To enjoy yeah, it's it. not like it's not uh, anything really pronounced in there either. So it's I'd say. You know, as far as like a, any particular flavor or anything, too. So, but it e- even the woody, um, it's all blended together. Right. Now. It's it's yeah. kind of yeah, kind of all melded well together. And, but, and they said a little bit, a little on the smooth, even though it's a strong cigar. It's right. Smooth flavor. Robust is, good, is a good yeah. was a good word. So okay, awesome. Um, I like tasting stuff with you because I never know for sure where you're gonna, where you're. Neither do I. I just, I just remember when you tasted that uh, Pu'er tea once, and you said it was like licking a damp wooden park bench mm-hmm. which was that was one of the most which i've never done but if i were to that <laughs> would be what it would be like yes <laughs> all right well um so i don't know you were you were pushing you were making my wheels turn upstairs trying to trying to figure out something i, I want to tell a short story 
that, that surprised me, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting in a room full of pastors, six or seven pastors once, and I said, I asked them, I said... Not a joke, is it? No, it okay. isn't. <laughs> so there were seven pastors in this room, an Episcopalian, a Baptist, no. No, that's not what a Lutheran, it was. and... But it was probably a, a probably a conservative, United Methodist, uh, uh, Reformed, um, kind of an evangelical, uh, hmm. charismatic, and, but anyway... I asked these gentlemen, I said, could you, could you help me with something here? I, I would like to ask you guys, at what point do you think that your Christian beliefs should not be made into law? Because I have a lot of things that I believe are morally correct. Oh, but I don't the legislative think, Christianity? Yeah, and but I like don't that? think that all those morals that I have should be law, because I think allowing people freedom right. to actually do wrong um, has, it has some value. And what surprised me was they all were like, what? Why, why would you want to not have your morals be in law? And I'm like, and there were a lot of them. I mean, I thought at least one of them would be like, you know, oh, oh, I get it. But nobody got it. Like, I felt like I was an idiot for even suggesting that. And so I was really surprised and taken aback. And I haven't had an opportunity to meet and talk with any of those pastors since that point. But I was surprised because I don't think generally everybody wants all of their Christian convictions pushed into law, right? Um, I don't know. I guess if you'd ask a lot of Christians, I, I think that's like the, um, what the word, the word I would use, not the brainwash, but the, um, but the kind of cultural thing that people tend to promote, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like if you're a Christian, you should vote for a Christian, but I don't think that's always necessarily the case. I mean... If, if they held beliefs and, and, I guess, a worldview similar to mine, I think that would be a benefit, but it's not a prerequisite. Well, and I was talking on policy and law specifically, not voting for a Christian. Right. So, a non- Just in general, like legislature, like state law, national law? Yeah. At other any, countries? At, at any level. it's It's been clear, at least on the podcast, that when I'm the smaller the government the more I am with government being a little heavy-handed. Local government could be real heavy-handed because I might do some things here that I don't think should be pushed on everybody. Right. When you get up to the federal level, I think there are very limited things that should be done because I think the states are the ones that are at play to say, hey, this is going to be our state. Like Alabama, when they said, mm. you know, we're going to... I don't actually remember the law, but basically they're, they're a pro-life... Strict abortion, right? Yeah, strict, strict abortion laws. And, um, you know, some people... And they're... They're not backing down when Hollywood's saying, we're not going to make movies there, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. I think the states... I think there's one with Georgia, too. Isn't that, didn't that fall in that as well? Um, there was. there's a lot, of, a lot of movies being made there. And, and then, you know, the whoever it is, a producer or somebody, try to throw their weight around saying, our actors don't want to work in a place that's going to be have that law. I mean, I think there was an issue with one of the Carolinas at one time, too, about that. North Carolina, maybe. Indiana might have been another one. So, I don't know if it was... a. Well, if they're Hollywood act- thing. But if yeah. their actors don't want to work there, that's 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 their business. I mean, right. that's the actor's business it, and the producer's business. It, you can it, decide. It was, it was them trying to yeah. try to change legislation by throwing your weight around, essentially, yeah. right? Because that's going to work. <laughs> Some cases it does. I mean, people change things based on that. So it's um yeah. I mean, whether yeah, <laughs> again, it's a practical thing. I, I don't maybe agree with what they do, but it, it's it's something that they seem to do. Yeah. So. Um, where are we going with that? Um, I, I, state law, 
oh, legislation. Oh, yeah, all Christians, uh, pastors trying yeah. to, whether or not that would be a thing. Like, so. like, okay, I believe lying is morally wrong. I'm not sure. Should you go to prison for that? I'm not sure that there should be a law. If you live in North Korea, you can tell the truth in North Korea and go to jail too, so. Well, I'm not sure that there should be a law against lying, but I know in contract law, there are, if you say things verbally that aren't actually written in the contract, those verbal things actually matter. So, yes. So lying is kind of written into our law. Right, yeah, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all right, you know. So, yeah, I, so I think, I mean, so this is just my two cents, you know, for the most part, um, I'd say the tenets and certain things in Christianity go above and beyond a lot, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, be above reproach, I guess, in all that you do, right? To be truthful, to be honest, to give, I mean, and to be forgiving too. That's one that people often don't really factor into it. You know, if somebody's late on rent or somebody has an issue, do you still kick them out or do you give them some leniency and, you know, give them a second chance, third chance, whatever that would be? I mean, I think there's, I think you learn that to a degree too. I've learned you know, what to do and what not to do through experience sometimes with that, even despite having given people the benefit of the doubt and they take advantage of it. Other people appreciate that and do what they should. So, you know, it's, you're going to get a mixed bag no matter what. So, um, yeah, I, I do know. And being a, being a person that's a, a landlord as well, I, I do know in the past when I have <clears throat> given people, when I have given people leniency on being late for rent, their rent, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if I have if I have a if I say your rent's due on the first. If it's not, you have to pay a late fee. Mm-hmm. And then they're one day late. If I don't make them pay the late fee, they're one day late for the next three months until right. I make them pay the late fee. Until they have a consequence of it. Yeah, until they have a consequence. And it's I I kind of don't like that. I would rather people just go by their word. Right. And um, so. Years ago, one thing I one thing I tried is someone was three days late, but they were like they had been my tenant for like a year and mm-hmm. never been late, and they were just like oh, and they texted me, oh my gosh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I'll get you the check. They got it right here, and so I took them a little document that said, okay, you were three days late. Technically, that's a fifteen dollar late fee, five dollars a day. Just sign this piece of paper. It waives that late fee, but it says if you're ever late again, you'll pay this late fee and the next one. So it was like incentivizing them not to be late again right. with a worse consequence. And they were like, oh my gosh, thanks. They were all, you can always tell the good ones because the good ones are like, oh, thank you They'll for, appreciate it, for yeah. showing some grace. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I was late. And they signed the document. And anyone that says, well, that's not, that's not right. Why well, don't want to sign that document? You know, okay, you don't have to sign the document. <laughs> just pay the just, late fee. Just no. Yeah. Just pay me the late fee. And um, hmm. I actually had one person, they weren't mad, but they said, no, I'd rather pay the late fee mm-hmm. than sign the document, and I probably won't be late again. One mm-hmm. person actually said that, but, but like five or six over the years have always signed the document. Hmm. said, yeah, thanks for being generous there. And so, but it, but it is funny because if you allow people five-day grace period, then then the, all well, the, often they'll do it, yeah. But I, I th- I've done as <clears throat> I've had often. You'll you'll find they have a propensity for one or the other. I mean, most of my tenants now will usually pay, you know, on time or ahead of time or within a few days. I think the last month I had one gal. She had a change of jobs and she said I'll pay it next Friday. It was about a week late, and I said that's fine, and she did. So I, I haven't had any issues either. So 
you know, but it's, yeah, again, it goes into, I guess, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I'm doing a Bible study now with a group of people and, and I'll, I'll kind of pull out a different examples too. And I'll say, you know, but ultimately, you know, how would you want to be treated if you were in the, on, on the other side, if you were the tenant or whatever. So, and depends well, on the situation, but yeah. Well, so to challenge that belief a little bit, I'm a person that I would always want to, I would always want the landlord to charge me a late fee. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure I agree with that. How would you want to be treated? Because I don't think I should treat everybody the way I want to be treated because I want people to be hard with their rules because I respond better to mm-hmm. that. If it's clear and your rule is, and I violate it, here's my late fee, it's my fault, we'll be fine from here on out. Yep, but I, I just, know that there are some people that respond better to a, to a little more gray area mm-hmm. thrown in. And grace so, or whatever gray, is, yeah, yeah, whatever you call it. Um, but I would, what I would say would be my principle would be do what's best for the individual, mm-hmm. uh, not what's best necessarily for me. Right. And I tell every tenant when they sign a lease, it's like, I don't want a late fee from you ever. Mm-hmm. I've got a house payment too. And <laughs> if you pay me late, then I've got to pay a late fee on my payment. So, uh, you know, uh, well, we kind of got sidetracked and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. what's fun about this podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. So, but we went from like, we were kind of talking about laws. Should our beliefs, you know, what one should not be made into law, what one should. I'm, you know, I, yep. Huh. I, I'm a person that I know I, I know I tend to land on the side of individual freedom versus communal benefit. Mm-hmm. Like, even though something might be a community benefit, I would tend to say no. I would rather have the individual freedom than the communal benefit. And I, I don't know that that necessarily always goes well with my Christianity. Like I wonder if they're if they're butting heads sometimes. <clears throat> so yeah, you you always find an issue that might challenge some of those things from time to time. So you know, and the other thing I, I look at too is like what was history taught us? And you go and look at different countries as far as their policies and how that's played out. You know, whether it's communism or freedoms or restricting freedoms and those type of things. And I guess, and this is my experience, there's pros and cons to everything, whether it's, you know, restrictive or leniency or whatever it is. Let them smoke cigars or restrict cigars or tax cigars. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. It just benefits some people more than others, depending on what it is. Well, yeah, and I would say if a law benefits some people more than others, I would say the law sh- the law should... The, the law should treat everyone equally, right? Um, it, and it, and it should be focused on the action, uh, on a particular action, and in limiting or incentivizing that action. And everyone should be treated equally. I'm not sure that the benefit is always is always equal. No, never is often. Someone always benefits more than somebody else, depending on what their position is. Yep, often. Well, um. So I hesitate to go here, but because there's just a very short amount of time before the next cigar update. So Trump had made some comments, and sometimes I just don't care what Trump says as long if he has good policies, we'll talk about his policy, and or good or bad policy, we can talk about it. But this it was kind of interesting, and I guess I'm a little inclined to talk about it when he was making comments on um, the the president. Everybody calls him Trump instead of. President Trump, I think, more respectful probably to call him President Trump, but when he said if someone like came up to him and was going to offer him information on an, 
an, an opposing you know candidate or right. something. Like, would he take it? You know, oh, I might, I might not. Would I report it? I, you know, like, I don't know. I think he was just doing what he always does and shooting from the hips. Do you have any opinions on what he what he said? Um, that he he would consider it that type of thing. You mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I I believe he would do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would take him at his word for that. Yeah. So that's probably what <laughs> he's always done. I'm assuming too. So, so you know, and I think Trump. He, this is this is my two cents on that. You know, he tries to do things that are within the law, um, even if they're, so it might be legal, but it may not be ethical. You know what I'm saying? So there's a, two different standards there, legality and being something that's ethical. So I think he tries to, whether it's through <laughs> him or other people or his lawyers, you know, he tries to make sure that he's covered as far as not going to prison or whatever it is for the things that he does. He may not even know the law in certain cases. He, I would assume he would have advisors that would tell him that, um, but I think as long as he and I would say this is from his policies and other things, he tries to do things that are going to ultimately benefit him <laughs> more, more um, not more than others, but just that would be a benefit to him in the long run. Well, I think, and and this this isn't I don't necessarily have a desire to defend him, but I, but this is going to be defending him. I think he likes America, and I think he sees. I, I think, oh, as, I think so. as, as an individual, he's really about himself. Right. And I don't necessarily think that's a good way to live your life, but if he loves America and he's ultimately about himself, he wants to feed into loving America because it makes him look good, it makes America good. Mm-hmm. It, it is self-motivated, but if the policies are benefiting the country, I'm glad he's doing those policies, even if it's from a weird kind of selfish moralism kind of right. kind, of, kind of internal drive. Um so when people start talking about who he is as a person and how he mm-hmm. acts and what he says, sometimes I just don't care. And I, I wonder. You think that influences his <coughs> decision, though? As, a, <coughs> as so, you can talk about Trump as an individual and Trump as <coughs> the president, or as you know whatever his role is. Those, those they they were naturally going to blend together to a degree, right? Well, they are. But I like talking about policy because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, I'm clear on policy. When we start talking about him as a person. Um, then it's like I don't expect too much from him. Right. Like I guess I expect him to be who he is. Right. And I don't like some of the things about who he is. I think he's a little too brash. I don't think he. I don't necessarily think someone in a position like that should be mandated to behave a certain way. But I think it's beneficial for the country if someone in that position behaves in a way that is a more typical presidential, more way, leading right? people. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know. I, I would almost say traditional values, kind, mm-hmm. you know, um, but still strong, mm-hmm. patient. Um, don't just don't just shoot from the hip all the time. Know right. what the, know what the law is. Say things you, that maybe mm-hmm. I mean it might be true. I mean, and you do that with other people too. You don't always just say spill the truth out, no matter what the consequences yeah. are. You yeah. have some um, consideration and a little bit of um, I don't know, just confidentiality about certain things too that you're not going to always just tell people what you think so yeah. well let's let's do a cigar update we're at uh just a little bit past the 40 minute mark which is our number two update um i think this is pretty consistent still burning i'm getting a little uh a little bit of i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna commit to this and say the the chocolate or the dark chocolate like not sweet chocolate is morphing into a little more of a coffee, or a maybe I might even call it a burnt coffee. Mm-hmm. There's a, it, it seems to be more of a 
more of a burnt taste now than just a chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call it burnt coffee. And uh, it still has that... S- it's very faint, but it's it's there's a savory, almost a meatiness in the back, you know, just barely there. That spice is still in the back of my throat. It's consistent. It really hasn't shifted much. It's it's all blending together. Mm-hmm. I, still, I don't get quite the sting or the harshness of, of it as much in the back of the throat. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting quite as much. It's there's I mean, it's a little bit there still, a little bit, but it's mellowing a little bit in that aspect. Um, uh, the oiliness is still there, and I'm liking it. When I went off on a tirade a few minutes, I don't know if it was really a tirade, but when I talked for a long time a few minutes ago, it did almost go out. I talked long enough that when I started puffing on it, it just barely stayed lit. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, I'm going to echo that woodiness that I mentioned earlier. Do you have anything else to add there? Um, I don't think so. No, I, I agree with you from what you said for the most part. <clears throat> it's um, Yeah. No. Oh, which I should well. I should talk about burn speed. Considering where we are, we've had it lit for 40, 45 minutes. It's mm-hmm. a slow, it's a little bit of a slow burner. Right. Um, <clears throat> Same, what, like to a third to not quite half, not even half. Yeah, we're not, we're not at quarter half Quarter to yet, a third so. of the way gone. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a long burner. Um, now, I did throw in an unofficial sponsor for the podcast this week. We don't always do it, but I, it's basically anything I can think of. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a pop drinker, <clears throat> but... Um, years ago, my dad used to work for the Coca-Cola bottling company in Ottumwa, Iowa. And so pop was around me all the time. And as a kid, I drank more of it. And then I quit because I don't think it's, I think it's too much sugar. Mm-hmm. But if I were to drink pop, the pop that I would drink, if it's available, it's even hard to find sometimes at the gas station, it would be a squirt. Mm-hmm. My dad told me it was like mostly um, grapefruit juice. <clears throat> And I love it. It's like grapefruit juice with bubbles. I think it right. tastes awesome. Yep. So that's our unofficial sponsor. So hats off to Squirt. Hey, Squirt. Thanks for thanks for being. So pops drink pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, as far I, I do drink, uh, about the only time I drink pop is actually with pizza most of the time. Now, occasionally I'll, I'll I'll drink maybe maybe one or one to two pops a week, maybe something like that. But I I, I actually drank a Squirt here um, within the last month, which was probably. Uh, I was in a can I had in the basement. I would say it's probably two to three years old at least, still but it was still really good. It was a warm day and it was cold, and I liked it a lot too. So I I, I enjoy squirt. So I'll um, I'll still I won't dis- disparage them at all from being a sponsor because I like it. Well, we talked a little bit about Trump's language. I don't know if I want to belabor it anymore. I I think he probably didn't maybe didn't know the law, and maybe somebody when he spouted off somebody. On his staff, probably said, "Hey, you know that's actually against the law. You're, you shouldn't have said it that way." <laughs> oh, about to get, getting inf- information yeah. about somebody. Yeah. yeah, and then so and then he tried to probably tried to backstab it, but that's not near <laughs> as important as, as some of his policy. Um, and and tariffs is one of those things that um, he seems to be real pro tariff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm a I'm a free trader. I so I don't like tariff because the tariff is like a tax on the American people because we, we're the ones that pay that ultimately. But generally, the way he's been using it hasn't tariffs hasn't been horrible. Um, do you have an Do you have an opinion? Mm-hmm. Not a strong one on this. I mean, I don't think you should using it as a negotiating tool. I probably not tend to do that. It might depend on who you're trying to, what you, what country you're dealing with, and who you, what you're trying to accomplish. But for the most part, it's um, 
<clears throat> no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think there's when necessary. I think they can be helpful, but I don't think it should be a. I'm, I would probably agree with you more so. Limited limited tariffs on things too. Just let free trade be free trade for the most part. Yeah, um, there's I, always going to be somebody who will benefit more than another, but at the same time, yeah. Well, and and the, the issue will dictate. Yeah, and the issue becomes if you put a tariff on something. Uh, most folks talk about, you know, oh, the consumer ends up bearing the weight of that cost. And it's like, well, the consumer isn't the only person that bears it, but they're the ultimate person that bears it because mm-hmm. it, it's the, the producers are buying goods too, not just the consumer. It's not just a consumer buying something from Mexico or a consumer buying something from China. There are producers buying it from those sure. as well. For raw materials and other things. Yes. Yeah. And so the consumer, that, that cost, the producers will just pass the cost off to the consumer. So that or they'll bear <laughs> more of the cost of it and still keep their prices the same, but ultimately they get less profit from it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So they could lower their profit or pass the cost on to the consumer. Mm-hmm. But I, I think when, if Trump chooses to use a tariff, here's, here's my issue. It isn't that he's using tariffs so much. I don't like them, but if he's saying... We're going to tariff you unless you get your act together. Maybe. Maybe that's okay. It's still kind of punishing the American people, but it's also punishing the, you know, the foreign co- country. So I might give him a little, but, but I don't think he sells it well. <clears throat> I think, I think he's, he's almost like saying, ha ha, we're going we're gonna to tariff you. And he, he's not really, he's not selling the right war. He's saying, you're bad, so we're going to tariff you. But he's not, say, he's not selling it well to the American people, saying, look... Free trade is really good. We want trade. We want products that are cheap. We, you know, we want to trade with our, with people. That, the reason we're doing this is because of this. That needs to be. So if it's border security, whatever it is, border security, we want to make Mexico be involved. So although it might cost us our consumers a little bit of money, that's the war we're having. It's to protect the border, and I don't think he's really selling it well. Mm-hmm. But I think if he did, it would make more sense. To people, even though I'm still a little iffy hmm. on the tariffs. So um, you're you're allowed to agree, disagree, or have your own opinion. Again, I don't. Um, yeah, I'll just we'll see how it plays out. I don't have a. <clears throat> I, again, I'm tend not to okay. be in favor of that for the most part, but it's not a strong <clears throat> opinion one way or the other. Okay. So. Well, because um, um, you're kind of dealing with two issues, whether it's border security or is it tariffs or is it a combination or how to use one versus the other. So, yeah, well, I mean, you, you, uh, that's a legitimate question. I think I, I mean, if you have a lot of people who are crossing the border, most of them, many from Central America, I mean, it's almost like a, they have a highway through yeah, Mexico. Yeah. Are, exactly. are people crossing into the U.S. to get to Canada? I don't think very many, probably, maybe mm-hmm. a few, but... What's our policy on that? Said, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through for a few days and just yeah. go this way. Okay, here's your yeah. Here's your two two week visa. There there is a policy I, I didn't even know we had. I can't remember the name of it, and you might have heard of it if you've paid any attention to the news lately. But it's it's where there's it's a it's with multiple. I guess it would be just with Canada and Mexico because I don't think there's in, there's no other country mm-hmm. bordering us but the but the idea is I think there are other countries south of Mexico that may have this same policy but the government says if you're seeking asylum mm-hmm. so if something is really bad and you actually need help immediately then it's you have to get it from the first country you can't go through a country into another country and ask for asylum get somewhere else yeah. yeah because then it's then you should have mm-hmm. sought well, asylum it's kind of going country. on in South America now too with a lot of people leaving Venezuela um, I know Colombia especially has taken on a lot of I don't call them refugees but mm-hmm. essentially that they're I don't know if they're 
And I think most people, I mean, whether you're in Syria or Venezuela, mm -hmm. if you leave your country because of poor or dangerous conditions, I'd say most people want to go back home if conditions mm -hmm. alleviate, right? Um, I, and I've talked to people that's the way too. But if it doesn't change or if they're, you know, life's threatened, that, that's then, well, I guess you have to find a home somewhere. So, right. it, I mean, nobody really wants to be in a refugee camp, I don't think. Right. So. But, the, but the point of, of, of the policy isn't for the people that are truly seeking asylum. The point of the policy is for the people that aren't truly seeking asylum. But using that as a guise to get somewhere right, else. To right, to get somewhere else. That's the that's the real point of the policy. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. um, to to kind of stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. This here's a detail I don't know, and I but I guess it still wouldn't be asylum if you if you left a South American country and went into Mexico for asylum, mm -hmm. and then you lived there a year. It wouldn't be asylum if you were coming to America. Then it would just be I want to live in America. <laughs> you know, a preference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather live. I mean, you had that same issue with people going into Europe. Most of them would go to the countries that would gain them the most benefit, whether financially or a job opportunity, or or I would even call it assistance too. I think because there were like I know it was Germany and mm -hmm. uh, France and a couple others too. Maybe that where and the UK. I, I think that's happened in the UK for a while, where people, I mean, they, they can get assistance and things too, whether it's healthcare or mm -hmm. other supplemental assistance too, or housing and other things like that. So, so this cigar. So if I were in that situation. Mm -hmm. I, that's ultimately my question. Would I do the same thing? What would I do if I was living in Honduras and I didn't want to live there anymore? What would you do, Doug? Well, in Honduras, por favor. If I was leaving, I, I like Honduras, but <laughs> it is a little. It was one of the most scary countries I'd ever visited, but hmm. um, because there was armed guards at every gas station, mm -hmm. and they like they guarding the sprite. They boarded the doors at night, and the people I lived with, they said it doesn't matter who comes to the door if they say they have a child that needs our help, and just let mm -hmm. us in help. Do not let them in. They will. They're going to come in and kill us and take our money. That's what they told us before we went to bed the first night. I'm like, okay. really? <laughs> it's like, and they're like, yeah. And so <laughs> probably, probably better they told you than not. Though. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they did. Um, but you know, if I was in Honduras, I would, you know, if I was seeking asylum, I, I probably wouldn't even know the law. I'd probably want to go to the most beneficial country I could find mm -hmm. if I had to. Or the easiest to go one to through get, Mexico. Get to. Yeah, at first, at least to be safe, the first one, the first safe place I could get to. But to get opportunity and a job, mm -hmm. you go the first place you can go. But if but if moving is a benefit to me and my family, I would move further. You'd if do I what could. you could to right. help help out you yourself right. or your it was family. Mm -hmm. Well, so we're gonna have to wrap the cigar and wrap the podcast here pretty quickly. So mm. um, our last update was a little late, and that's okay. Um, so I'm gonna take a few more draws on this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that perfuminess I got, you might have been getting something different. Perfuminess I got earlier I think was from my Davidoff cologne. Mm -hmm. I think I was sucking it through the cigar or something, because <laughs> it's pretty much been savory. That hint of meatiness is still there. Mm. Getting a few more flavors now too. It seems like maybe I, it's just because it's getting a little closer too. But I haven't tried to speed up the burn. Sometimes I'll draw fast for a few mm -hmm. draws to see if that intensifies or changes the flavor. Um, I'm getting that coffee. I like the coffee I'm getting, even though it's that it's kind of an earthiness still, and not. I don't. I don't think the cigar is very sweet, and sweet's mm -hmm. what I prefer. Um, <clears throat> you got anything to add before we read the official what we're supposed to taste? Mm, no, it's been pretty, pretty uniform throughout. I mean, it kind of 
fluctuates a little bit here and there, but it's still pretty in that same realm. Yep. Um, it, it's always funny when, when the tasting notes say you're supposed to taste tobacco. Um, mm, well, who would have thought? So. thought? I hope so, a little bit. <laughs> so here's what we're supposed to expect. Notes of espresso. Which Ooh, coffee, there you yeah, go. Tobacco, sweetness, and a little bit of spice to keep things interesting. So even in the description, it's not super complex. Mm -mm. And um, I guess sweetness, I was wondering that too. I'd say moderately sweet. Really? I'd put it like 40% on a scale of huh. sweetness. Not real sweet oh. at all, but a little bit. Maybe with that chocolate baking space a little bit there. Okay. I'll let you have your opinion. And, and this this happens with Joe and I. Every once in a while, one that I say is like 100% savory, he'll say, no, no, it's a little sweet. So I'm going to... A little bit. I don't say a lot, but a little bit. I okay. get a bit. Maybe there, maybe there is a hint there that I'm not completely honing into. But um, but this has been the uh, Rocky Patel Edition Unica, Unica. Toro. And... Um, it's been an enjoyable, mostly savory smoke. Um, it's a Honduran puro, pu puro, uh, what puro, puro, a, hon puro. a Honduran puro, amigo. So these cigars have been very good. <laughs> so um, I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? See, si. bien. Um, I would, uh, I would buy one for Joe. I don't know that it's along the the profile that I would buy again. But I like the performance over, especially the oiliness. Mm -hmm. Oiliness and smoothness has kept it interesting. And it's in the final call here. I'm glad you said robust because sometimes it's hard to get a robust cigar that's still smooth. Mm -hmm. And this one has been both robust yeah, and smooth. I would say so. And I think there's probably quite a bit of strength to it. It seems like to me there's, there's, I'm not getting woozy or anything from the nicotine, but I think I'm talking fast i mm -hmm. think i'm feeling the nicotine ah yeah so um Let's see how far along we're about the same yeah. about the same we're yeah. still what what halfway mm, mark no nah, maybe <clears throat> not quite half about yeah like 45 percent or so yeah so this is a long smoker that's so that's good if you want a long smoke for a toro especially mm -hmm. especially a six inch cigar this is gonna go yeah, would go going well on, going on an hour now so. yeah so uh anything else to say before we close um no thanks for the opportunity again i always like to talk about stuff and well, I try a new cigar. I appreciate your insight, and I always like to sit down, and have a cigar, and talk about stuff with folks. This has been Doug and Joe. Cla Doug and Joe talk with Clark setting in for Joe. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you next time. Thank you.